You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we are at episode 97 of Fly on the Call. It's been a while since I said this specific number out loud in the intro, and it's almost a surprise to myself. But I'm so happy to be here, have you here, and bring you another great guest. I haven't had a home state Connecticut band on in a bit, and I'm stoked to have Arms Like Roses on the pod today, as they're one of the ones I'm currently most excited for. Their debut EP, Get Some Sleep, is a cool mix of emo and post-hardcore, with toes dipped into plenty of other genres. This was just followed up with their acoustic Past Midnight EP, which is holding listeners over as they're finishing up LP1, which will hone in on the best parts of Get Some Sleep. Today we're talking about how the band came together with most of the members not knowing each other, and the early discovery of their sound. We also hit on the writing process for the album, how it was affected by the pandemic, and how the band's embracing the return of live shows, striving to bring their music to believe in to as many ears as possible. I know you all sort of like kind of came together without knowing each other. And Tom was kind of like the, the, the center of that wheel that ended up connecting you all. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of like that, that initial um, connection and how the band formed? Uh, yeah. So basically it, it all kind of just happened nicely. It was out of the blue. I played a show with Estelle's old band uh, that was called okay. It was just like a, like a punk rock band. Uh, back when I used to be in this like twinkle emo band called Carlos Danger, yeah, and uh, like which Zila filled in with us a few times too with that band. But, Hell yeah! Um, I basically I hadn't spoken to Estelle for like like we didn't really know each other that well. Like we just played this show together and sort of like kept in touch through the internet like on and off for a while. And Estelle just kind of randomly messaged me one day and was like, "Hey, I'm moving back to Connecticut, and like I don't know anyone." who uh i like i don't know anyone who does music like can you help me out because i want to do a band again and at the time like i wasn't really too happy with where i was um musically speaking so i was like you know i'll just start a band with you like i'll do it like at the time uh nina hadn't really been like doing music in a while and like also it was like literally within a few days of each other and like we had ran into each other at a show and Nina was like we live close to each other like, let's just start a band why not and I was like you know perfect and uh, to round it out I I hit up Zila because we'd been roommates in college and I knew that he was a good guitarist who was reliable we basically lived together in college with three out of the four years we went there we were like sleeping in the same bed nice I mean how did that kind of like lack of familiarity with each other um kind of like affect the early process of forming the sound especially like leading up to the name change and the kind of like pivot from you know more of like an indie thing to the heavier like emo post-hardcore side of things 
I think um, we kind of, we picked that name thinking that we were going to go towards like an indie rock kind of sound, like maybe a more, uh, a less heavy sound than we have now. And what this is the direction that we're going. This is how we all work together cohesively. This is the music that we make. Then we were like, okay, we need to change this name because it sounds like someone else. It doesn't yeah, sound like Yeah, I mean, us. at the time, it kind of felt like that type of like, I don't know, super like twee, like Frankie Cosmos type bands were kind of like all the rage in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And that that name, the old name Summer Camp Crush just sort of like fell in with that. And it made sense at the time. But I don't think any of us like really listen to that type of music that much. No. So like playing like heavier emo just really felt correct. And we were like, dude, we this name makes us sound so goofy. We got to get rid of it. Um, especially because like, I don't know when we first came together and I've said this in a, in a couple interviews that we've done so far is like the first day that we practiced together. Like we really like nobody knew anybody. We were kind of just like, what do we do? And I was like, Zila, do you have any riffs? And then he just pulls out like some tool, like system of a down tool. Like, okay. Yeah. System. Yeah. Like, like new metal more credit like, than that. <laughs> Yeah, just some garbage because I didn't know what the hell to do. I don't know what anyone played. I didn't. I hadn't even heard of Stampeder or uh, OK at the time. I only knew of Tom's band and the direction that Tom wanted to go in. And I was like, I don't know this. Oh, I'm peeking. I'm noticing. And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, how about how about this? And they're like, no. Yeah. Like, all right. What about this? And that's the first song off the EP. Yeah. Yeah. The first song. Uh, yes, yeah, sleepover. It was kind of just Zila started just playing a thing that was like the intro to that song, and I was like, "Yep, that's what we're doing. That's yeah. uh, that's how and, we're and going." Figure, from figuring out the band name that we have now was um, it was it, it was a hassle. Yes, and we all came with all like lists of names that we kind of were thinking about and we all presented our lists like painstakingly over veggie burgers on my deck i remember and we couldn't we couldn't settle on one um i remember we kind of settled on summer camp crush and we were just like all right that's fine whatever and then when we did it again i like i picked up a book um it's uh translated sappho's poetry from ancient greece called um if not winter it's a collection and I flipped to a page and read um, one of the poems in Arms Like Roses was in one of the lines. And that's how the, the name came about. I like some of Zila's names the best. Not for our band, but just in general. <laughs> uh, yeah, what the hell? Do I have that list still? <laughs> just... It was uh, some of them were really funny. I remember <laughs> some of them were some of them were like quite terrible. Let's see if I can let's see if I have that list on my phone. The I don't think these are them, but I just pulled up band names off of one of my uh, notes, and I have Erotic Murder Police, Pumpty Dumpty, Wholesale Stem oh, Sale, <laughs> Candy Cane Carnage, and Roadside Damage. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, I remember Humpty Dumpty. Ah, uh, uh, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, you mentioned that like the the reference sleepover came from you just kind of like you know, busting it out. Um, did the, the rest of like the formation of the sound kind of come more from like jamming or like, you know, getting to know each other and your movie musical tastes more like by discussing music? Both, I guess, for the EP, because we were just kind of figuring each other out. 
I guess. Would, I would say we're very weirdly enough anti-jam in this band. Yeah, now we are. Just, not that no. any of us are opposed to it. It's just never been a faithful process of making songs for our sound. No, I'd say that I oppose it. <laughs> um, I, I don't enjoy jamming, really. I prefer, like, if somebody has an idea for a song and comes and is like, hey, this is a song. Uh, because for the songs that are on the EP, except uh, this song, Waviously, uh, which is also kind of why it doesn't sound like any of our other songs, because it wasn't really written with this band in mind. Um but the rest of the songs were kind of written by we used to practice at Crunch House in West Haven. And we used to just like sit there and kind of be like, OK, this sounds like something. Can we do something with it? And all of the songs on the EP kind of came together through that painstaking process. We were just like, let's oh, let's try this one part with this other part and like sitting there and jamming it out. And it really wasn't like a very effective or like. Like I'm I'm happy with how the songs came out. It just was not an efficient way to write songs. And now it's like we all kind of I think um there are songs all of us on the LP, there are certain songs that all of us except Adam wrote individually. And then I will say I enjoyed the collaborative process of doing it that way. But I do agree that it was not ideal. Highly unreliable because yeah. while it Because worked- after that I remember getting together and trying to do the same thing multiple times and we were all just like no this sucks this sucks that sucks and we just couldn't piece anything together and I do think so like in the process for the LP that we uh, by, by the way like I figure it makes sense to mention we're finishing up recording it uh, within the next month um, with, with Chris Teddy over at Silver Bullet Studios and we like all of us except for Adam because he joined the band a bit later on. But the the other four of us each wrote different songs individually and brought them to the band for the album. And I think sort of like sharing playlists with each other constantly of like the type of stuff we listen to and what we want to make really impacted our ability to choose from the songs we write and be like, okay, this is what's going to work for this band. This is what's going to make it cohesive. Uh, yeah i mean i feel like something that i really enjoyed about the about uh get some sleep is kind of just like the scope of it which probably makes sense coming with from the uh you know collaborative effort that you're talking about um like i get vibes of like you know midwest email riot girl even as far apart as like a band like slint all the way to like some 90s pop rock vocals <laughs> um what were some of those like those touch tones uh for the ep and then also for like the lp now that you're kind of like making a more concise sound it's, it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. And I mean, it's not to say that we're not proud of the EP because we definitely are, but we're definitely honing it in more. I think most specifically for the LP, it's been like we're moving more in the direction of like early 2000s, like deep, deep Elm records type bands and like mid to late 90s post hardcore, like no knife and Jawbox and stuff like that is sort of like really where we're like aiming now got some shoegaze in there we sprinkled it on the side yeah because i don't know we we have adam our our other guitarist who's not here with us right now has a lot of guitar pedals and we might as well put them to use also also just estelle's infatuation with it yeah that that too big thing yeah i think just the eclectic mix of music that we're all into just lends a lot of different sonic qualities to the music that we're putting out because we're just all into such different stuff 
Like, if you listen to all the bands that we were in before this one, it's, like, wildly different. I was in a band that uh, Tom uh, later described perfectly as basically Breaking Benjamin. I didn't even know it at the time, but turns out I was in a Breaking Benjamin not cover cover band, and I'm almost ashamed of that, but he's made me see a different light of it. Now, Breaking Benjamin is sick. The song that you showed me from your old band sounded almost exactly like I Will Not Bow. <laughs> so uh, I didn't even know it at the time. I was just playing bass, just trying to see how many riffs I could throw into a song before the band yelled at me. Yeah, so you you came from like a more of a metal background and like yeah. Estelle came from like very punk music. I came from more like like pop punk emo like my old band was like free throw type emo yeah and i was playing like indie punk stuff i guess is that how you would describe it i don't know it was like like indie pop sort indie of pop yeah you had a, you had a very connecticut sound yeah sure. i mean i yelled yeah. a lot but it was definitely not like punk punk but um i was making bedroom pop for a little bit and then it evolved into like indie pop and uh, our other guitarist, Adam, like played in that band with with Nina for a bit. Yeah, too. yeah, that's how Adam got. That's that's how he ended up in the mix here with us. I almost said indoctrinated, but that is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> He's also like jazz trained too, so it really like none of us should. Work I mean, together. I am too. That's true. But yeah. Adam plays like Prague. Like he yeah, loves, he yeah. loves like Chan and like shreddy bands like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not there. I I just did walking bass lines all through high school. Oh well, that by that standard, then I'm jazz trained. <laughs> so, how about that? We're all world class musicians. Yeah, I'm definitely not jazz trained. Most of the bands that I've played drums in in the past were like super heavy. Like our LP has like a 20 second power violence part on it that we've been we've been playing live, and everyone's been really stoked on because like. I'd say it for the past, like, since I, I stopped doing my old band, Carlos Danger, for the past couple of years, I've, like, mostly been into very heavy music. Like, I listen to a lot of, like, metalcore and death metal and stuff, so. Yeah, I, that uh, kind of brings to mind Bedsheets and Plastic Stars, which I, I love that it's marked as a hidden track, even though, like, things are kind of so digital these days. Yeah. Uh, Cause it, it like, it feels like that. It feels like this kind of place where you can like let loose, no holds barred, not kind of like worry about uh, what people are going to like think of it, like and attached to the release itself. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that track? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Zilakan. Zilakan. Cause the other two of us weren't involved with it at all. Yeah. No, it was, that was purely me and Estelle when Estelle was in their old place in this like weird sunroom kind of, echo chamber of just like there was like a futon and then it was all windows i felt like a plant in an observatory but anyways the reason why it's called a hidden track instead of a normal basic normal track is because it doesn't purposely uh sound like anything else on the album and also estelle is very much into the old cassette and cd days where bands would have like forty-five thousand minutes of silence and then like a little nothing song at the end of it just like i like that stuff too but that one was, that song was weird. I just wrote a riff, same way we wrote the first song. I just had a riff. I was like, this sounds like something Deftones would play if they didn't know how to write music. And then Estelle was like, no, it's perfect. I'm going to I'm gonna write a poem to go along with that. And we wrote it in like a day. And I was just like, where should it go with this? She's like, no, that's it. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, just keep playing that. I'm going to throw effects on it. I'm like, all right, I've never made music like that before. And, and then it just evolved into that. 
and it's maybe my favorite song on the EP. I don't know. I'm st- I keep going back and forth between loving and hating it. <laughs> I rem- I just remember when you guys when you guys were recording that I walked into the room and uh while you were like just making noise, my friend Casey was on the floor just like playing with all the pedals to make it sound as ugly as possible. And uh it, but with purpose if if you listen to it if you listen to our cd or our cassette it is actually a hidden track after like a bit of silence on there so i guess that's not very uh, playlist friendly <laughs> no no not really we don't care we're not trying yeah, to yeah don't put 12 a.m. on any of your playlists i guess <laughs> no it's <laughs> they're separate on like spotify <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> yeah I, I mean speaking of 12 a.m. i think that's that's probably my favorite track on the ep I feel like it's like kind of this like catharsis. I love the way like the the music like builds to match the lyrics. Can you talk a little about that one? That's probably my favorite too. And I think I actually think that's most people's favorite song on it. And not because of that, but just because it came out so good. I, I think that song defines like a lot of the direction that we're going into moving forward. I think that song was really where we figured like, oh, this is, this is what we do the best. This is what we want to sound like. yeah i don't know that that song came together very naturally like it was sort of the product product of like jamming but also the more we played it the more cohesive it became and it was it was the last one that we wrote for the ep so i think it was like around that time that we were really coming into our own with like knowing what we wanted to do yeah and how did you kind of like take that energy into you know the, the beginnings of the writing process for the lp we didn't <laughs> because we were in uh, quarantine for the writing process of the LP. And so for there were a couple songs here and there that um, Tom has a song that he completely wrote on the LP. And I have a couple songs that I gave them like kind of like some riffage, if you will, <laughs> and just like sent it over to Estelle and Zila. And we're like, what can you guys do with this? So there's a couple of songs that I kind of like, quote unquote, wrote. But most of it was honestly Zila and Estelle just sitting in Zila's apartment and writing music for the quarantine. So I'm going to hand the baton over. Uh, this is the apartment I live in. Uh, for those who can't see what's happening, uh, it's basically hell. Uh, there's fire all the way around. And there's a lot of brimstone underneath. You got to wear shoes whenever you're over here. And yeah, no, basically we recorded most of it. Or not recorded. We didn't record any of it. We recorded a acoustic ep we have one that's out now we were gonna release one during quarantine and it didn't go well together because it sucked uh that's all we have to say it was it was a lot of trial and error to figure out it was almost like good in a way that we had a year off from playing shows so we could really figure out like what we wanted to do exactly honestly yeah honestly trying to record all of the ep that we have it now in an acoustic format and then getting burnt out in that recording process is when we wrote six or seven out of the songs that are on the LP, which is like being exhausted from trying to do an acoustic EP with the worst technology available. And I, the, the songs on our LP are like by far the best thing that we've come up with so far. Yeah. Honestly, I don't, I don't mean to toot my own horn or also like to degrade what we did for the ep because i like the ep a lot but honestly the lp like like the ep does not hold a candle to the lp like the lp is gonna blow everyone's minds rock their socks off and you will be naked by the end of listening to it (laughs) 
No, it's it's. I I think it's very much. Um, after listening to the EP, it's like okay. After like twelve a.m., you're like okay. I see what direction this is going, and then you're gonna listen to the LP, and you're gonna be like okay, like this is it. I want this band on my tour. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want this band on my record label. Yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge. No, nudge. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pull a wolf peck, and we're gonna go sell out madison square garden unsigned just you wait <laughs> yeah I, I love when you can like see bands that really do like you said like kind of make that progress where it's like okay here was like this release and now i can tell where they're going with the next one and i can't fucking wait to like hear what that is <laughs> yeah i think it's gonna be like it's gonna be pretty obvious <laughs> um it, i don't know the way i honestly can't believe that we've done as much as we have the way that this band came together because it was so like on a whim and at the time like i was in another band that was signed and like we all thought was going to be the big thing but i was like super unhappy being in that band and like didn't really like doing it at all so i ended up just devoting more of my effort to this and I think it's really paid off. This is one of those bands that we're not going to see anything for quite a while. And then like overnight, two or three years from now, we're just going to mark, yeah. mark, mark my will. <laughs> I mean, I can only hope sure. so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want us to sound like we're like, yeah, we're going to be the biggest <laughs> rock stars in the no. world. No, no, no. Yeah. Manifest, manifest. Because I mean, if I'm being honest, the type of music we make doesn't really lend itself to like being huge. It's a pretty no. niche. That's a that's yeah. that's a reasonable goal. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna work with Drake. <laughs> I don't think I don't think yeah, we'll never be at like Madison Square Garden, but I think we could probably like be an opener at Stone Pony. Just I, I guess know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like 85 degrees in this apartment. Seems like you've kind of really hit the ground running and embraced the fact that you know things are open again and you're able to do that. Like, can you talk a little about kind of like the mentality behind that and also what kind of the live shows like? I mean, it's basically like we we played a couple shows before everything shut down back under our old name. Like three, right? Um uh, yeah, we played like three or four. And it was extremely different. Like we sounded like a local band really before we sounded like, uh, I don't know, not, not necessarily that put together. Some people who were doing it ourselves. <laughs> we sounded like a local band. Now we sound like a fart. One, band. Of, the, one of the shows we did <laughs> as I pulled the power cable out of my amp, I shattered a tube and like my amp was just completely broken before we played. So we had to borrow one from the venue. And I think that was the worst sounding show we've ever played. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But I think like after that happening over the course of like having all this time, you know, not playing shows, we were kind of like, Okay, if we want to like if we want to take this band seriously and actually do like things, we need to stand out somehow. We need to actually sound good. So that's why you know, we added Adam, we basically got all new gear over the course of that period and we just made it so that we could like if if we got asked to, you know, open for a large, you know, band or go on a large tour, we could just do it. Uh, without having to you know wait we do a lot of we also decided that we should not talk in between songs at all we we have like looper pedals and ambient noise and stuff going on in between songs because it was like way too awkward when we were trying to 
like talk in between and make jokes it was just it it, it was falling flat flat on its face every time yeah. i think the professionality really increased because of that i think that was our the best change that we made we could have not practiced at once between then and now and if we just didn't banter uh we would be 10 times better but yeah as far as like i don't know everybody has consistently always said like it doesn't matter what you do to get out there to to do it you've got to be touring all the time you got to be you know playing as much as possible and like admittedly everybody in connecticut is like aware of who most of us are as people especially like me and nina because we've been around for so long playing mm -hmm. in different bands yeah, so we're we don't really want to play in connecticut that much i think we've we're doing like once a month max to try and just like spread things out but we're literally just trying to play everywhere that we can because we're we're trying to you know we really care about this band we're trying to to do big things so we uh we have two acoustic shows coming up this week because we just put out our acoustic ep uh past midnight and um we're gonna be in connecticut on thursday and uh in boston on friday um doing we're playing all of the acoustic songs on that and doing some stripped down uh, versions of stuff from the EP and LP. We're, we're doing a Midwest tour uh, in December that is going to get announced pretty soon. We just booked the whole thing. And we're doing a run with the band Sinking from Mass, who are on Patient Zero Records, more like 90s emo revival in, uh, in November. We're really just trying to get out there. And this is, this is the way to do it. And now that we have, you know, the ability to do it we're not going to take it for granted we're just going to give it our all and get out there for sure yeah and you mentioned like the kind of attempt at an acoustic ep kind of being torn down and then turning into past midnight uh, can you talk a little about kind of like that you know what kind of made the pieces finally fit together oh not using me as engineer uh was the was really what sent that over the edge the second we tried to stop doing it in this room that you everyone is looking at right now and did it in an actual studio with professional gear with like put together equipment and not just me and estelle it went way smoother it's actually up until the lp it was the smoothest recording experience i've ever had in a studio ever and the lp came along and was like oh wow holy shit yeah we're just <laughs> moving now sorry can i swear i apologize yeah, yeah you're fine <laughs> oh frick yeah <laughs> suck you mom dad yeah hey, this is why we weren't good at banter <laughs> <laughs> for those who miss bantering this is what it was i had theater and improv training and it just did not lend way to this band's sound at all and i kept trying to force it but like as far as the this acoustic EP goes, I think like having the whole band involved also just made it easier. It like having you know each other to rely on to you know sort of expand the sound. I guess you know having multiple layers. It wasn't because I gotta say, Zila, you and Estelle are like the two most you're the two pickiest people that I've ever met when it comes to your own performances. Yeah. Like, so a recording that is just the two of you, you would both be sitting there picking apart every single piece of it and it would just never come out because you'd just be like, no, I don't like how that sounds. I don't, That's I don't, honestly I don't know. what happened. There was like four takes that Estelle did and off of a tiny JBL speaker, we went through each line, sometimes each word going oh through God. each of the before oh yeah we comped like alive and i comped with estelle which i now learned you should never comp with the artist there because <laughs> it takes for yeah each song took like six or seven hours and then we didn't even release it so. yeah because i was gonna say when we did get some sleep when we um 
we were doing mix revisions with Ryan Pelagano, who uh, engineered that for us. <laughs> like I was sitting there, I like Zila and Estelle were just going through every single tiny little thing. They were like, nope, 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 nope. Like every five seconds into the song. And I had to like leave because it was making me so anxious. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Tom are looking at each other like, oh God, like this is going to be our, this is going to be our future, huh? But, <laughs> but gross over exaggeration, but yeah. <laughs> but I will say it came out sounding really good and really professional. It, it sounds like, like everybody who has messaged me has been like, wow, it sounds insanely good for like a DIY recording. So I'll say it paid off, but like, I'm not saying it as an insulting thing either. That's just, you know, it's a mark of being a good musician, but that's, uh, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. It's just how, how we operate at this point. And, and now that you're like wrapping up the recording of the LP soon, how's that going to, how's that past process going to affect the uh, mixing and mastering stages of that? I don't know. And I'm scared to find out. No it, mixing. I mean, it's going to be helpful that, we're probably not going to have a chance to be in the room with Chris Teddy at like any point while he's doing it. Um, so, I mean, he has done huge, huge records. Like we, I don't know. We just, it's also not that, I don't know. It's not that we didn't trust Ryan when he was doing that either. It was just that we had the opportunity to be there in the room with him while he was doing it. That made it happen uh, that way. But yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I Chris is just going to do his thing and then for mastering it's going to be uh you know somebody that we don't even know doing it so it's just going to be also I don't know that any of us are particularly picky about mastering or even like really know enough about it like maybe Zila does but I certainly don't know enough about it to be picky with the master I still barely know what mastering is now the reason that we did overly critical was because uh we're gonna leave names off the table obviously for professional reasons but we recorded most of this bedroom and someone's bedroom before the pandemic and getting them back was an arduous process that took over a year to finally get the tracks to the studio where we ended up finally finishing it and then at the point when the tracks are finally delivered over everything was so not as we said it and everything sounded dismal and horrible and instead of re-recording everything we just tried to keep pushing on and going forward with what we had and yeah almost everything still ended up getting re-recorded yeah and even then like more but yeah we should have just start scrapped from the bottom up but the reason but because we did it like a year ago and it was like such in development hell for a while we tried to just keep pushing forward and that that i think is why estelle and i got overly critical towards the end of the mixing process but no yeah it's silver bullet like Everything was at the same point as with the person who's been in the world for forever. Everything's in one place. Files aren't getting transferred around. We're not bouncing back and forth from engineers trying to figure out who can actually do it for us. For sure. <laughs> awesome. And then um, I always like to wrap up the yeah. same way, which is just by asking for you know, a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about, whether it's music or life or whatever else is kind of on your mind that you want to share. Um, I'm the last person who should be giving anyone any kind of <laughs> advice. Yeah, my, I don't know. I'm going to leave this up to the other two. Nobody <laughs> wants advice from me. Don't work too hard for someone who doesn't cue. Work very hard. Zila, you're the least qualified person to say that. No, exactly. That's why I'm saying it. Oh, okay, all right. I'm trying to manifest it. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> my advice, take your own advice. Because I think that... <laughs> <laughs> That's such a cop-out. 
No. You shit on my advice and then you'd no, be no, like, no. the best advice is no advice. Big no, 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 no. I'm saying like, because especially today, I um so, something happened where someone like called me out and something I was doing completely wrong. And at first I got like really defensive about it. And I was like, no, I'm doing it right, actually. And then I came back and I was like, no, I'm I'm doing it wrong. And if I looked at anybody else doing this, I would definitely say I'm doing it wrong. And I'm just making, I'm just saying that I'm doing it right because I want to be in the right. So I'm, what I'm trying to say here is take your own advice and look at yourself and your actions as if you were another person and say to yourself, okay, what would I change here? What would I tell this person? And like, what would I do? Would I be softer with them? Would I be less harsh with them? Or would I be like get your shit in gear think of think of yourself as like someone else you would be telling something to if that makes sense i changed my mind actually i do have advice you want to know what my advice is oh yeah don't ask nina for advice no my advice <laughs> my advice is to listen to our ep past midnight available everywhere now <laughs> and also to come see us sometime in the next four months because we're going to be everywhere throughout the northeast <laughs> also, I learned this at work and I'm kind of annoyed. You can't listen to us on Pandora. And I know nobody uses Pandora, <laughs> but I'm still kind of upset about that. Yeah, whoever's mom is trying to listen to us on <laughs> Pandora is we're missing our entire demographic. That that'll mess with our algorithm for sure. <laughs> Trapped is going to hold this over our heads for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Trapped trapped love bragging about how well they do on pandora yeah yeah another conversation has been successfully completed i'm really looking forward to what's to come for arms like roses and to hear the direction they're taking for their debut album be sure to check out their two eps and catch a show if you can check back tomorrow for another very exciting episode with a hot new band that i think you'll love as well Flying the call is brought to you by sound talent media a special thank you as always to the alternative for helping to promote the show Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyingTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyingTheCallPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for all your support. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.